Hey authors, welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Daria White. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. And I'm going to be inviting you into my five-step writing process. So these are things that I do with my own books. I am a fictional author and I know what it takes to finish the first draft. And for some of you, that is the stage that you are in. So if that is you and you're looking for some more tips to help you, then this is definitely the episode for you. So subscribe if you have not already and let's get into it. The first thing that I do when I am starting a new project, this may be, you know, a no-brainer, but you have to think. <laughs> I really have to take some time and really just think about my story. It's Yes, it can start as a random thought. I may be inspired by something I saw or heard or even sometimes music. Music can definitely be a way to, uh, it can be a way for me to kind of get into my muse, my writing muse. So when that happens and I have this idea and concept for a story, I really have to take time and think about it. I really do. I have to process and like, okay, how do I want to open it up? So it really is an important step for me. You may start your stories differently, but for me, I need time to think about it. And something that I also do is I go ahead and I reach out to my book cover designer. Some authors may do that later on, but for me, I usually have my covers as I'm writing the story or even right before I start writing because book covers for me give me a visual into the story. And honestly, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the writing process is when I get my book cover. So when I get my book cover, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is definitely going to get done because I already invested and I got my book cover. And then two, it gives me, like I said, a better visual into the story. So take some time to sit. Now, this is not an excuse not to write. Some would say, some probably would say, well, you know, I'm writing because I'm thinking about my story. You know, it doesn't count until you get it out of your head, but you can definitely start there. You can make notes here and there if you'd like, but I like to just take some time to just kind of sit with the story and think it over, which leads into step number two, which is organize main characters. This is something that I started doing maybe a few years back because I used to just write with no game plan at all. I would just sit down and go ahead and put you know, words together. It would just be kind of jumbled. So writing is a process, you all. And if you're super, super brand new, you may not know this, but I highly recommend that you organize your main characters. There are so many resources out there. I'll definitely point you in the right direction. My personal use is onestopforwriters.com because you have the opportunity to create character profiles which is something that I've never done before. But this entire library is there that you can use to create your, not just your main characters, but your supporting characters, your antagonists, if you have one, your minor characters, even those that may just pop up randomly. They really don't have that much significance to the main part of your story, but they're important enough to where you mention them. Maybe you mention a name or maybe you mention, you know, someone in passing, kind of like your extras, like you would see in a movie. Again, they may not have, too many lines. I mean, I have any lines, but they're still part of the story to help make the story. So in onestopforwriters.com, I go ahead and I put my main characters together. In my sweet romance, I'm typically going to have my leading man and my leading lady. And I'll go ahead and I'll fill out their profiles. And what makes up a good character, you do want inner motivations as well as outside motivations. So if you're not familiar with that, then that means your character needs to have something on the outside that's pressing them, okay? It could be job-related, it could be family-related. What is an outside influence that is 
really a big part of your character. So an example of this, we see it commonly in, you know, TV movies nowadays, but, you know, the home, but the girl going back to her hometown because, you know, family business is in trouble or something brings her back to the hometown. So that's the outside motivation. The inward motivation for her, maybe she doesn't want to go back to her hometown. She left for, you know, some years prior to and then you want to dig into okay what's that inner motivation why doesn't she want to return what and then basically that sets up the backstory too because like okay why is she like this why doesn't she want to go back what happened how did it make her feel how is it still affecting her now so it's all putting pieces together so you do want to have those main characters so strong that your readers can relate to them and even if they don't like them, like even your antagonist, like you may hate some of these characters that we see in books and in movies, but they're still written in such a way that even though you don't like them, you can understand why they're like that. Because once their author brings you into their backstory, like, oh, that's why they're acting like that. Oh, that's why. So your readers are going to be taken on this journey. So again, they may not like them, but at least make them relatable and write them in such a way to where they are well layered. And that is something that I had to learn as a new writer. I had to learn how to create what I call 3D characters to where there's that outward motivation, the inward motivation, the goals, maybe even 4D goals, motivation, stakes. Like it takes a lot to create these characters that we know and love. And your readers need to know like, okay, what's the point of this story? You know, why is, you know, this character going through this? How are they going to grow if they're going to grow? So it's not just, you know, putting people together, you know, you really need to dig deep into these. And I've seen plenty of authors give tips on how to do that, whether they do character profiles, as I mentioned, I know of one author that I read, she does like the simple psychology, like those free psychology tests you can take online. And she thinks in such a way as like, okay, how would my character answer this question? So by her doing that, that's something that you could do where she gets into even deeper the mind of her characters. Okay, this is why he's like this. Okay, this is why she's like this. Just getting into the psychology of it all, which I thought was an interesting approach using, you know, personality tests. <laughs> so if that's something you like to try to understand your character a little bit better, then that is definitely something that you could look into. And we don't think about it sometimes because, you know, the story's stuck in our head, but there are ways and uh, tips that you can use so that your characters are that much stronger. So organize them to where, again, they are relatable. So if you are looking into that, you definitely want to check out onestopforwriters.com. The next tip is, this is what I do with mine. I've talked about this before. I outline the save the cat beat sheet so once I kind of have an idea of what my characters are I've organized them and again it doesn't have to be detail for detail if you're a major major plotter then fine but if you're not don't feel like you have to have this all figured out some things are going to come out as you're writing your story so when I do is once I have my main characters, I know who my supporting characters are, I kind of know who my antagonist is, especially if I'm writing in my mystery genre, then I go ahead and I fill out the basic outline for the Save the Cat beat sheet. You can definitely let me know if you'd like to see an episode on how you break that down from Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3. I would definitely uh, be more than willing to make uh, more episodes more episodes on that, but you can also check out previous episodes that I've done where I took the movie The Princess Bride, which was made in 1987. You may be a fan, maybe not, but I 
you save the cat to break down that movie from act one act two act three so you can definitely check that out if you haven't listened to it but if you like another episode on that i'll be more than happy to share so let me know in the comments and i'll uh, definitely get that underway but having a general idea of my story really helps because I'm not so rigid with the outline that I don't leave room for creativity. So I fill out those 15 beats, which basically tells me, okay, these are my 15 core scenes from the hook, the inciting incident, the theme being stated, you know, the first plot point, you know, breaking into act two where, okay, this is when my character makes a decision. Are they going to move forward? You know, the stakes and conflict get thrown in there to where the middle doesn't sag and the middle doesn't get boring. And it's leaning all the way up to this climax. So I know that I have at least 15 core scenes that I'm going to be writing. And with that, I'm able to go ahead and start the process of writing because now I have a general idea of what my book is going to be. So some use other forms and other methods for outlining their books. But for me, Save the Cat really opened up a lot of doors and I was able to go ahead, like I said, have a general idea for the story. Excuse the ringing in the background. <laughs> We're so good. Now, the next step, we can't get away from this one, you all. Write, okay? There's there's no way around this. You're going to have to write. Yes, organize your characters. Yes, take time to think about it. Yes, take time to make notes. But eventually, you're going to have to sit down and write. And the most common thing I hear with authors, especially my students in No Time Writer, is like, I there doesn't seem to be enough time. So that was a challenge for me as well, which is why I created No Time Writer. And I'm seeing such a difference in my students who are seeing the time pockets that they don't realize that they may already have. They're writing more words and less time, realize that it doesn't have to take, you know, three, four plus hours sitting at their laptop. All you need is focus time. And I talk about that. So if you're interested in that, you can definitely check the links below to apply to No Time Writer and see if that's the right fit for you. But there's no way around it. Yes, there are other resources out there on what you can do. Yes, there's ghostwriting. Yes, there's AI programs. I've seen that talked about in a lot of Facebook groups for authors. We're not talking about that, okay? We're not talking about other alternatives. We're talking about you actually sitting down to either write by hand or you're typing on your laptop and you're actually doing the writing. So this is part of it. And if you want your first draft finished, you're going to have to go through this process. And some days may be slower than others. If you have a day where you only write maybe 200 words, that's fine. You're still adding to your manuscript. If you have a day where you write over a thousand words and you're close to 2000, that's perfectly fine. You're still getting the work done. So I teach my students, you know, don't worry about making the same number every single time, which is why I talk about discovering your unique writing average. You may not realize that you have that, but you do. You can know what to expect every single time you sit to your laptop or when you sit to pen and paper, because you've exercised your writing muscles in such a way that you know how many words you're going to write in that short amount of time, however it may be, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even up to an hour. But it doesn't have to take four plus hours sitting in front of the computer screen, okay? You do need to <laughs> be able to do other things, right? A lot of authors have other jobs, you know, you have responsibilities with family, whatever it is that your schedule entails. So I teach that in the course, and it definitely helps authors from all over the world get a different perspective and most importantly they come into their own embracing their unique writing rhythm so it goes from i should be writing or you feel guilty for not writing to yes i get to write i see a time pocket here it's on the schedule i'm able to tackle it with no problem so we have to write you all and yes i definitely still have those days where i may not necessarily feel like it 
but that's when discipline kicks in. It's the same thing when it comes to my workout regimen. I There are definitely days where I don't feel like getting up and working out, but because I've done it for so long, it's in me. So now it's like, nope, I got to push past this. So that will tie into the next part of my writing process because I do believe that you do need to rest when needed, okay? So this is not about going hard all the time. This is not about being on 100 all the time. This is not about being intense all the time. I don't believe in writer's burnout. I don't believe in overexerting yourself. I don't believe in, you know, yes, there are times where you should push. Like I said earlier, there will be days we may not necessarily feel like it, but that's when discipline kicks in. That's when consistency kicks in and that's when perseverance kicks in. But there are gonna be days where you may need to rest. <laughs> that is perfectly fine too. There may be a, an emergency that may come up. There may be something that happens in your schedule and you just can't get away from it. And it may take priority to like, you know what? I have to deal with this right now. My writing is gonna have to wait. There's a difference between adjusting your schedule because an emergency happened versus putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and, and giving into procrastination. That's the difference. And I know for me, when I need rest, my brain may need time to rest because writing, it takes a lot out of you. Whoever said it was easy, I don't think, I don't even know. It's like, how do you, how can you say this is a process? This is a process and your book is going through a journey and they're going to be ups and downs. They're going to be writing slumps, but at the end of the day, can you picture holding your book? Like imagine that right now. Can you picture holding your book when it's finished, when it's gone through the process of you writing, when it's gone through the editing process, it's gone through your beta readers, and now you have your launch day and you're celebrating. How is that going to make you feel? Remember that feeling when you go through those writing slumps, because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It is going to happen, but you can get through it with perseverance. You can get through it with determination. If you love writing as much as I do, you're not going to let anything stop you. You may have to pivot, you may have to adjust some things, and the date may change, but the goal is still the same. So rest when needed, but it's not an excuse for procrastination, all right? But you do need to take time to recharge so that you can come back to your manuscript with a maybe a fresh perspective. Maybe you need to step away. Maybe you've gotten lost in the plot. Maybe you know, your story isn't quite fitting together and you just need to break from it to kind of think about it some more. Maybe you need to refer back to one, you know, think about it a little bit more. I've had to do that. I have gotten to a point to where I was so close to finishing, but then I hit, it wasn't necessarily a plot hole. I just hit, I just hit a wall and I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about this. Let's reconfigure some things. Let's regroup. And then I can come back to it. And it made such a difference by taking that step back. So quick recap. Think about your story. <laughs> it's not an excuse not to write, but take some time to think, take some time to really just flesh out what it is that you want to do with your story, how you want it to unfold, and then go ahead and organize your main characters and see how you can make them well-rounded to where they're relatable, to where your readers will actually care. <laughs> it's like, why should your readers care? You know, how are you going to write it to where your readers, they're so engrossed that they want to find out what happens? And then you can definitely use the outline for Save the Cat. There's so many tips out there on how to outline your novel, but this for me keeps it simple and it leaves room for creativity, but I also have a game plan of what to expect. And there's, I won't say necessarily guesswork, but again, it just gives me a general idea of my story and I can grow and, and I can go from there and yeah, just have fun with it. Have fun with the writing process. I think for me, the first draft stage is the most fun. And then write, <laughs> you can't get away from it. 
the words need to be written. But even when you have those writing slumps, you can definitely push through. But as the last point says, take rest when it is necessary, but just come back. I remember writing a blog post about that on No Time Writer's Instagram. So you're not following No Time Writer on Instagram, follow. Because I said uh, something along the lines of, you know, yes, I have days where I don't feel like writing. Yes, I have days where it just feels like nothing is happening, but I still keep showing up. And some authors feel bad because like, wow, I didn't write today. Show up the next day. <laughs> keep showing up. Just come back to it. Don't feel because you hit a bump in the road that it's over. No, <laughs> life happens, okay? Life happens, but you can keep showing up. You can keep sitting down to that laptop. You can write one more word. You can self-edit one more page. You can publish one more book. So staying in the game. Don't count yourself out of the game just because things happen. If not, make that, allow those slumps to make you even more determined to push through, but taking rest when it is necessary. So I hope you all enjoy my five-step writing process. I hope that it was encouraging to you. Hopefully, and I hope it gave you some new ideas. Maybe you never thought of these before, especially if you're brand new. And I hope it gave you a different perspective. So follow the podcast, subscribe if you're not already. Follow No Time Writer on Instagram. And you're also more than welcome to apply to No Time Writer. Again, I help students from all over the world. I've helped over 100, 100 authors and counting, I really lost count, write approximately... I think it's around 22,000 words and counting. So they are writing more words in less time and they are embracing their unique writing rhythm. So if that is you, if that's something you're looking for, if time management is a challenge for you, you can go ahead and apply to No Time Writer and we'll definitely see if you are a fit for the course. I would love to have you and I'm always here to point you to resources to help you along your writing journey. So thank you all once again. And remember, if you wrote a book, it is already unique because you wrote it and no one can write a book like you. So God bless, stay safe, and I will talk to you all next time. Have a good one. Bye.